1: Find yourself together when you join Aloe Moves. Join the community on allomoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's AlloMoves.com, code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's AlloMoves.com and the code is MASCARA20. Hey, everyone.
2: Welcome to Fat Mascara.
1: Welcome to Fat Mascara, a beauty and wellness and today sexy, sexy, sexy podcast. How are you doing,
2: Jess? I'm all right. I'm okay. I know. I am a little bummed that I did not get to chat with Emily myself, but I've got to tell you, like, she is a legend.
1: She's a force. You know, I thought this was cool too. I don't know who remembers Dr. Ruth, but like, She looms large and, like, I feel like that suggests, Matlin, like, you definitely, like, she was part of your, like, 80s upbringing and, like, not because you were listening to her because you were young, but, like, she was, like, a force of culture then, remember? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you associate me with Dr. Ruth? Because I associate her for some reason with like VHS tapes and cable vision. And I feel like a lot of these like strong women that were on TV in the like the late 80s and 90s, like really resonated with you.
2: Yeah, Dr. Ruth, I feel like
1: I was very embarrassed by. If Dr. Ruth came on TV, I was like, click. Oh, click. okay. I could see that. Well, the, the reason I bring up Dr. Ruth is because the New York Times actually called Emily Morse a Dr. Ruth for the new generation. Well, then so,
2: that, yeah, that, that I'd feel a bit more comfortable with. Like, I think Dr. Ruth felt very, like, the when a man and a woman, like, you know.
1: Yeah, it was weird. That she You know what's funny? Like, do you think that if she was, like, a sex pot, like, gorgeous woman, she could have said some of the things she didn't? Like, at that time, you didn't talk about these things. I think they were, we still have trouble talking yeah, about sex and nakedness and bodies and that kind of stuff. The whole thing so. was too uncomfortable back then. Yeah, well, it still is for some people. And that's exactly why we wanted to have Emily on the show. So she's my guest. Jess wasn't here for the interview, but obviously (laughs) loves the interview I did with her. Clearly, Emily Uh, is the the host of Sex with Emily. It's the longest running sex podcast. She started it back in 2006. You guys think we know what we're doing with podcasts? (laughs) She was doing it a decade before us. Since then, she earned a degree in human sexuality from the Institute for the Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. And we wanted to get together, Emily and I, to talk about being naked, why a lot of people aren't comfortable with that, how to get comfortable with being naked, all those products out there that aim. I mean, you see them in Ulta now. There's products like sex products, nakedness products, like it's become part of wellness. So we talk about that. And of course because it's Emily we talk about how getting comfortable with being naked can enhance sex. So heads up for those listening with like young ones around who aren't in the mood for sex talk for whatever reason there's a lot of it in this episode. <laughs> and <laughs> I like to do that. I feel like I'm the guy from NPR when I do that like He's, I think he says we acknowledge the presence of genitalia in this episode, like whenever oh it's like a so family funny. show. Yeah. So I just want to put it, you know, if this isn't what you want to listen to in the car with like your whole family, I totally get it. Or if you're just not in the mood, but you should be in the mood because Emily is a delight and really like your most non judgmental friend. We acknowledge the friends. presence of <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the kind of society we're in where like you can't just talk about like people call them private parts still. we talk. Actually, we talked about this, like how we can't, just talk about it normal because it's isn't so isn't it so like,
2: crazy But you can be like 17 children were like, you know, <laughs> like the most like yeah. horrific things in
1: the world but like you can't – Or it's like you go to a movie with your parents when you were like a teen and like God forbid they like mention sex or whatever and you're like next to your, mo- your mother who can't. might have given birth can't. to you and definitely has had sex in her life. Like – Uh, anyway, Emily's your most non-judgmental friend other than me and Jess, (laughs) and she's super well-informed and you're going to love her as much as we do. So here's Emily. Emily, hi. Welcome to Fat Mascara. I love having a fellow podcaster on the show. It's so
0: good, right? I know. It's so nice to see you. Thanks for having me. I learned so much listening to your podcast about cleaning my house. I'm like, I'm obsessed right now. (laughs) makeup brushes. I, was I know like, which episode you listen to then. I was like microfiber That's cloths. So funny. I've been like obsessed, changing my whole life. I love it.
1: I want to, i so good. I just bought them. I was influenced. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you listen to a little bit of a, uh, an odd one out of our normal wheelhouse of beauty, but I'm so excited to have you here because we're going to talk all the sexy sex things and nakedness. I love it. But before we get into you and your background, I, I well, let's get into your background <laughs> a little bit. You started a podcast, right? Before you even became a sexologist. I can True. call you a sexologist, Yes, right? you
0: can. You call me a sexologist, a sex educator. I did. I started a podcast in so pod- 2005 and I was cur- sex curious. I, was sexly. I had no education around sex. I was having sex. I wasn't enjoying sex. I thought it could be better because I'm like an overachiever and I try to everything I do. I'm like, well, how could sex be amazing? It doesn't seem like it's as great as everyone else's. I started a podcast interviewing people about their sex life, their relationship and interviewing experts as well in the field. But there wasn't yeah. that many, but and yeah.
1: <laughs> what then inspired you to study human sexuality?
0: Well, I always feel like I'm st I've always been a student of human sexuality in the sense of since I started having sex, I've always been curious about what makes great sex and what makes what makes it work, what makes it feel good, doesn't feel good. And then once I started the podcast, and I realized, and I started the podcast from a place of thinking that that there was so much more to learn and that sex could be better and maybe I was missing something because I didn't know about it. Like I thought, well, maybe there's some secret. And then the more I started interviewing people, I realized that nobody really knew anything about sex, that nobody was really talking about it. And then everybody was kind of figuring it out based on some very limited information that wasn't, that isn't accurate. So I thought there's really a need for this. Like we, wow, like I, I think I could help people. I'm helping myself, helping others. So then I went back to grad school and got my doctorate in human sexuality a few years after the podcast. So I was in night school doing the podcast. I'm thinking back to sex ed. I'm like, I learned
1: nothing about pleasure, nothing about partnerships, nothing about consent. This was like very long ago. Lots about STIs and venereal disease. Like I could name every disease. It's all Exactly.
0: (laughs) It's all fear-based. It's like, don't get pregnant. Don't get an STI and, you know, have a nice life. And you're like, well, what about it feeling good, right? What about all the joys that can come from it? So there's none of that. And it still is the same way, so... Still trying to change that,
1: but you but you got a
0: degree. Yeah, what I is did. a doctorate? I mean, in school and stuff like that. Oh yeah, my It's basically a program exploring the intersections of power and sexuality, and understanding our own, our own bodies anatomy.
1: Do you see private clients to help them? I mean, you help. M-
0: I don't people anymore. On your podcast, right? I help with my podcast, but you used to. I used to. Yeah, in grad school and a little bit after grad school, but I realized that it just sort of. I'm a, I'm a podcaster, and I love talking to people and helping them with information and there's such an anonymity to doing podcasting. So it was a really great format for sex. So yeah, I've just been helping. Yeah. I always said I'd rather have so a million people with one show than one on one. Yeah. Well, let's do that. Let's, let's reach a
1: million people and destigmatizing yes. stuff. So, so I know you are all about destigmatizing sex, obviously, mm-hmm. but I wanted to talk specifically w- about nakedness. Yes. With sexuality as well, but sometimes just nakedness for the sake of nakedness, like getting people comfortable with their bodies and how they look naked. It's really something that comes up a lot on a beauty and wellness podcast. So to start, like personally, what's your relationship like with nakedness mm. or your own my naked own body? nakedness? How do you feel about it?
0: You know, yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a relationship just like every other relationship and it's always growing and changing and evolving. Our bodies are always changing. And so I think that that's something that you just have to ex- accept. And for me, it's been a journey And I think that definitely since I became a student of sexuality and human sexuality and understanding the importance of having agency over our bodies and being responsible for our own pleasure, our own orgasms, our own everything, that I have a good relationship with my body. And so I really have had to to work on that. And once I've learned that and how that looks is just honestly being so grateful and so amazed and connected to my body for all of the pleasure it can give me and all the things that it can do. And when I really drop in with a partner or with myself and I can just sort of be more embodied, I talk a lot about embodiment, which is the practice of being in your body rather than being outside of your body and always kind of concerned with how it looks and how other people think it should look. So when you really are present with that, and I just try to like, I'm amazed, right? So when I'm actually in the moment with somebody, I don't spend a lot of time anymore in my head thinking about what it should look like. The light should be off like a lot of people do because what I try to do through destigmatizing sexuality is encouraging people in all genders. You know, I do talk to women a lot, but it's everybody feeling safe and comfortable in their bodies and realizing when those negative thoughts come into our head, like I should be, you know, for me, I'm like, I need a spray tan. Like I worry, don't get me wrong. I don't walk around thinking like I always look perfect, but I really try to be present and connected to what I'm feeling in the moment rather than what I'm thinking in the moment. So when I'm in a sexual situation, let's say I'm with a partner and I'm thinking about how great it feels to be connected and everything in my body, I, it melts away. So all the negative thoughts that are letting people believe that they can't be sexual and they can't be turned on, they melt away when you're truly in your body and present and focused. No one's ever asked me how I feel. Am I naked? So I think it's a great question. And I, I
1: love that you took it to sex right away, but I even was just thinking, I know people, this isn't me, I would like this to be, who just do things in their life naked, <laughs> like around the house. <laughs> right. Like do
0: you, like what percentage of your day are you naked, oh, do you no, think? No, not enough. I'm not enough naked all the day. But when, I'm, when I am or naked... Or sleep naked even. I sleep, don't sleep oh, naked. I, I have a friend that sleeps naked. Well, naked's a practice. So I do sleep naked. Well, I've always said I like sleeping naked. I don't walk around naked as enough, but if I could, I would... I do love being naked. There's certain things like, you know, probably shouldn't do naked, but people do everything naked. But I feel like I, it is a practice. And so over time, that's part of It's like getting comfortable being naked, like looking in the mirror. So if you have a problem with your challenge around your body, The the more you could actually be naked in your room, you're like 10 minutes a day, I'm going to walk around naked. I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to force myself to say something that I like about my body. It doesn't have to be love, but like you make my ears look really great with these earrings or my skin is glowing today. Look at my cheekbones. It could be whatever you, you really want, but it's, if you think about it, like everything is a practice, right? So why not practice learning to be connected to your body? Because the big challenge with sex comes is when we all feel disconnected. We don't like our bodies. We're hating it all day or we're dieting or we're restricting. And then we were like, go to have sex with somebody. And we're like, why can't I, why aren't I turned on? Why can't I have it? It's because you're hating your body every day, all day. So we learn to like, connect. Yeah.
1: body neutrality. And, and maybe that is, a fam- I've heard this thing like to make friends, like in adulthood, which is something I struggle with. You, you have to send something like, I forget what it was, like 60 hours with the person before you become friends and I'm just thinking as you're talking, like I don't couldn't tell you if I spent 60 hours with myself naked this year. Wow, I don't know. Okay, Jen. So maybe this is good. Let's do it.
0: Let's like start, let's have you right. Like, yeah. like so
1: maybe that if you're wanting me to have a better relationship and the way to have a good relationship is spend time with that thing or that person. Let's spend time with our. I love nakedness exactly because honestly I don't and and that's why I wanted to talk about it because I feel like. It's cultural, too. Like, I feel like Americans have a particularly squeamish point of view when it comes to nakedness. Mm-hmm. What What's that about? Do you see
0: that? Yeah, I do see that. I think that we're so... We don't have a lot of great models around, around sexuality and around feeling comfortable in our bodies. And most people, it's, like, covered up. We're a very puritanical society where we're told, like, you know, from a young age just to always be covered up and that it's wrong, and if you show too much skin or too much, you know, whatever, we'll be judged. And so I think that we are just very, un- because it's not modeled to us. There's no one saying like, it's okay. Your body's beautiful. Our parents are mostly like, cover up, don't let anyone touch you. And so I think it's all about modeling. And that's why we are squeamish, you know, for sure. We, we all want to have sex. We know that, but then we, yet we are so judgmental and private about it.
1: Yeah. And it does get very sexualized. Cause I'm thinking about like in Europe, you know, you'll watch television and there's just breasts swinging around, like no big deal. Or even on the beaches before, like, you know, I don't know where you live if you're allowed to be topless. You couldn't, when I was growing up, like you couldn't be topless. You'd get like a ticket, which is unheard of in other parts of the world. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like that's how people walk around all day long. Like it's almost making us like fear or sexualize our own bodies by doing Mm -hmm. that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. we, We, they police our bodies in so many ways. And you know, I think that we're, the problem is that we are so uncomfortable even with our genitals that even from a young age, when our, we're baby t- pre-verbal and our parents are like telling us like our name of our toes and our knees and our thighs and then they're like your belly button and then you're like well what what happened to this part between my legs right here like there's no name for it it's we're you know it's your JJ or your pp or your wee wee so or hoo-ha
1: why do we make such juvenile exactly
0: (laughs) because so then that's what you're hearing you're like it's my hoo-ha or it's my nothing So I certainly don't know what to do with this body part, but I'm not going to like put it on display and be comfortable with it. So it's like normalizing that. And that's how you you know, if you have kids, like you just got to call it, name the parts. That's the first thing in sex ed, like name the parts, just name them. And
1: how do you feel about people who have like these nicknames for tatas even? Like we're talking about any sort of like part of the body that isn't actually the anatomical. Cause like anatomical names are not sexy. Always, but
0: that's the problem. I think that sex needs a whole rebrand. And it's something I've been trying, like no one wants to say like any of these words. I know they're just like even vagina or vulva penis is not so bad, but some of these words just don't roll off your tongue and then you just make up names for mm-hmm. them. But I honestly think that that's doing us a disservice. And if the mission is to normalize a conversation and to get everybody to feel really good in their bodies. And I have more pleasure. We just got to be like, yeah, I know this, this isn't a great name, but we're just going to say it. We're going to say vagina. But when I started my show, I did the podcast, but I was also on radio. I got this radio show and it was in 2006 and I could not say vagina at all on the air. Couldn't say it. Like, think about it. It's like the body, it's your, it's your body part. Wait, like it would get bleached. Yeah, get bleeped. Like it was a bad word? I could only say, I couldn't <gasps> say masturbation. I could say masturbation once every 20 minutes. And then I get bleeped. Oh, I was yeah. always getting bleeped and pulled off I'm the air. I'm thinking of
1: private parts of the movie and watching Howard Stern. And I was yes. like, there was a time you couldn't. when you could not use
0: these yeah. words. And so you still, so, and and I, it's just because we don't really have a, such a misunderstanding of them and of sexuality and women's sexuality is so intimidating. And so we just kind of try to lock it all down. But not today because we're talking about it, right? Every time someone hears it, That's this, so maybe, true. Yeah, maybe they'll go home and have a conversation with their kids or their friends' kids or their own selves and just be like, I'm not going to have shame in this. I'm going to use the parts. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to be more naked, be naked more often. I know we're making it sound so easy <laughs> as if easy. it's just like
1: get naked more often and you'll be comfortable. Then look in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful. Like it gets wrapped up like that sometimes. I don't want to
0: wrap it. That's, that's why it's so, some of it seems so cliche. So I love that you, let me bring, bring this up again. Like I have days and weeks and months where I'm yes, just like, oh God, break it down I, mean, for us. I, 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 I like just think, you know, I, I, if I lose five pounds, or if I look different, or I did more, I I, I would be better. I mean, we all we get caught up on this thing. My pants are tight, but what I really found is that this, when too much time has gone past, I'm just in my head about it. I literally like force myself because I have again I've been doing the look in the mirror and learned to like for so many years now that I just stop and I like take I like look in the mirror and I'll take like my favorite lotions. I love O oh, C. You're gonna ask me like osea oh, that I love their body oil. <laughs> yeah. And I literally, because I love the way it smells, my skin's wet, and I rub it on my body. And that whole act of it is just like, oh my God, look at my skin, it's glistening. And I, even though it's painful, I'm like, I don't want to look, I'll just do it. I put lotion on my body and I will like, this feels pretty good. Like I'm putting stuff in my body. It's nurturing. It's a nurturing act. And then I feel connected to it. And then I'm not thinking about how it looks. I'm thinking about how it feels with this lotion that I'm treating myself to that feels really, I'm taking a moment. Oh, so
1: you're not, so we're not doing this exercise in front of a mirror per se. No, this I am. Like sometimes you it's, rubbing in some, sometimes okay. it is
0: in front of a mirror. Like I think I start in front of the mirror because it's my bathroom and I start in the mirror because the mirror is reminding me, this is so, I've never broke this down so meta, but like the mirror is reminding me like, Okay, you have a negative, like you're thinking like, oh, this doesn't look good. I'm like, wait. And then I realize I know the importance of the connection. So I'll just start to put oil on. And yeah, I'll start up here. Then maybe I'll start to put on my body. I'll sit on the toilet, start to rub it on, you know, I'm at wherever I sit in the bathroom and rub it on my body. And then I'll just like walk out of the bathroom and I'll put on my underwear and I'll look in the mirror as I'm getting dressed. I will look at myself and I breathe. And I just realize like I'm still, I'm the same person, all the amazing things my body can do. That I have all these, you know, try to think of all the things that like I'm about to, go, about to go out and see friends who I love and they make me feel good. And it just sort of, I just sort of get reconnected with it. I'm trying to think of a good analytic exercise, right, too. It's like, if you don't love exercising, but then that first time you get back to the gym and you go for the run, you're like, oh, it's so hard getting up the hill, but you know you're going to feel better. That's how I, because yes. I know the importance of my body, of me not being connected to my body. So... I just try to do the little things that go, yeah, we're all together. We're in this together. We all want the same things. My body's me. Yeah.
1: You're making me think of mirror meditation. There's a book that just came out on this, but I had a guest on who talked about this practice. When putting on makeup or face lotion or something, just the act of staring at your own face is like a form of meditation Mm -hmm. for some people. But I've never thought about it as like the full-length
0: mirror meditation.
1: Do the full-length. Which probably works if it works to reconnect you with your psyche when you're looking at your face. Why wouldn't it work with your
0: body? Right. Well, Jen, exactly. It absolutely works with your body. And I want to take it one step further to the mirror exercise. I'm a huge fan of okay. women. I mean, all genders, but I'm just going to say women have these vaginas, vulvas, right? The external part of your vagina, which is actually quite mm-hmm. amazing to look at and to understand. But most of us could not pick our vagina out of a lineup, our vulva. You see them on the wall, you like, I don't know which oh, one's gosh. mine, right? So it's okay. your, It's literally what's responsible for pleasure and life. If you have babies, you give birth. So you take a mirror and this also makes people go cringe. Like I could never do that, but it's like, why? Like this is actually like your power source. And then you start to like, if you're just touching yourself, maybe through masturbation, just getting to know yourself and you look and then you realize like, hmm, okay, it's interesting. Get curious about it. And this is also a great way to learn your body and what feels good to you because you're like, I'm just going to start to touch it. And then you realize that the more aroused, the more you turned on, you get that you see that it swells like a flower. You think about like Georgie O'Keefe, And I mean, I feel like I'm that woman now, like it's like everyone look, but truly like that's... Wow,
1: you took it to a beautiful place. Uh, yeah. Because I have seen, you know, bumping uglies. Like people <laughs> it's, have, it's a, a lot of people have negative connotations of the visuals they get when they're looking at external
0: genitalia. Right. You know? We got to flip that because the reason that, first of all, you've nothing to like, because people are judging it against, like, people are judging their vulvas against... A iris- um, unrealistic standard that they see, like in porn, and those those it's kind of like they're airbrushed too. Those vulvas have makeup on it. They're turned towards camera. They're cheated towards camera. There's certain maybe only they don't put makeup on their they vulvas, do, do yeah, they, they? In porns, they do. Not like every time. Do they CGI it t- ever? Yeah. <laughs> like retouching? They do everything that we do. They do, especially in in photographs. I never thought
1: about that? I thought that was only for like regular film. Yeah.
0: They do it uh, everywhere. So if you like think them. of it, yeah, exactly. So we think, and then we don't mm-hmm. see that many of them. So we think that's how it should look. And everyone thinks like, oh, my vulvas and my labias are different, but every single one's different. There's not like a standardized, you know, way of, of it looking. And the more, like the most confident thing in the world is a woman who's like, I know my body. I know how to work it. I know it feels good to me and I feel confident in it. And it's the same thing with our general. So it's almost like shock therapy. If you're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Then you do it. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. It's mine. I get it. And then you just sort of make that connection because if you don't love it and learn to live with it and drive it, then like, how are we going to get anyone else to want to please it and to want to do all the things that you want for it? So People are not happy with it though. Include include the hoo-ha. I'm not
1: even saying I did that just to be funny (laughs) because that's what people call it. But obviously, include your vulva in this whole mirror experiment we're talking about with nakedness. And I wasn't gonna
0: go there either, Jen today, but you know, when we're talking about the mirrors, we just gotta go between our legs. Yeah, do it. Include all of it. I, I get it. But that brings up a question
1: since we're talking about pleasure. Like, do you think we need to be naked to have
0: good sex? I don't, I don't think you have to be naked, but if you have a problem being naked, then that's a problem. Like if you want to wear a furry, you know, you wear like a furry suit when you, there's people called furries. Yeah. You want to be dressed when you have sex every time because that's part of your, your kink. That's really cool. But if you absolutely want to, don't ever want to be naked when you're having sex, I mean, I always want to look at the underneath, like how else is that impacting other areas of your, of your life? Yeah. But I have to say this. The most important thing about, about feeling comfortable is if you in the bedroom and during sex and all the things, like if you're like, you know what, I don't love my body hanging out. I'm going to wear something that makes you feel sexy. So for example, for me, sometimes I just like when I feel, I love wearing like sh- one shoulder shirts, right? Like I always kind of feel sexy if I have a big oversized sweater on. Sometimes I'll wear like something like this, not like a white shirt during sex that just sort of shows parts of my body that I'm feeling great in, or I'll leave my underwear on because I feel sexy that way or a scarf or props, if you will. So I think the thing about sex is think about what is going to make me feel the most confident and sexy because it's fun to play with different materials and different things in the bedroom. So I think this binary, you're naked, you're not naked, is sexist creativity too. So figure out how you want to be naked. But that whole like the lights have to be out. I'm going to run to the bed and pull the covers over me just speaks to shame and it speaks to shame and it speaks to like just you know insecurities which we again we all have but i also think we all have the goals of wanting connection and intimacy and sex so i'm just like learn to just kind of get comfortable with it and it starts with yourself
1: It's so funny when you brought up like clothing or what props, whatever, that make you feel good with like lingerie so long, it's been created for the gaze of the other person. Yes. In fact, even when I was like, when I was getting married, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go get some special lingerie. (laughs) What would he like? Right. Duh. Why did I even think that way? I should have thought, what would I like to be wearing?
0: Because people don't think this. So it's a reverse way of thinking about it. I always tell women like, Usually people come to me like, how do I give a great, you know, oral sex, blowjob? I'm like, well, what do you want? Like, so reversing the whole, this is.
1: How do you receive a great How do you receive (laughs) it?
0: How do you receive? How do you receive? How do you feel sexy? Because I'm telling you, the more that women feel sexy and empowered in their body and they know what they want and they know how to do it, like the better sex they're going to have, the male gaze is going to come along to whatever we find sexy. So it's reversing that paradigm reversing the responsibility so it's everything that you're picking up on what what looks sexy to you what makes you feel the sexiest rather than yeah whatever you're going to find out there and it might not be uncomfortable lingerie so and
1: one hopes you find a sex, sexual partners that at least you have some overlap in what you agree is yeah sexy and that if you way. don't they're
0: not your person either That's the thing also, like trying to fit into So if
1: you're, if, if everything's compatible and yet your sexual flavors are completely different, you don't think you could make that rep? No, I, she's shaking her head.
0: I'm shaking my head. No, I think that. Okay. Well, most people get, most people get into relationships. The majority of people get in relationships and they don't ever talk about this because it's really great at the beginning. Sex is great. Like every first, you know, it's like your first meal somewhere, your first time you've touched this person's body. It's all amazing. But that's a honeymoon phase, and after a while, after about six months to two years, it starts to take a dip, and you don't feel that same chart. Oh, do
1: we have stats on that? We do. Is that right? Yeah. Six
0: months to two oh, years. Oh, yeah, the honeymoon phase and is then, an actual NRE, okay. new relationship energy, all of that is actual biological condition. And so, like everything, like our pheromones and all the newness is exciting, but after that period, period of time, and it's about, yeah, it's about six months to two years where it lasts, the sweet spot is probably about a year, year and a half, and you start to feel like, ah. I don't actually want to rip this person's clothes off every time they walk in. I'm not as aroused. And then you start to think, you know it would really be hot? Or you know what I'd be into? And then, then we start having the conversations with our partner. If we do. Most people yeah. actually don't even know that. But they do. And then they're like, oh, I want something totally different. Like I want, I have this fetish or this kink. And then that's, then they try to bring it together. That's a problem. So I always encourage couples to talk before you walk down the aisle at the early stage in the relationships. Like what are my turn-ons? What am I into? So, But to answer your question, yeah, so if it's completely opposite, like I need you to be wearing this thing every time and saying this kind of thing during sex and it's just not, and that's not your thing, like it's not going to work. But if I think that most couples can find a common ground if they really sort of want to, because mostly what we think we want isn't what we necessarily want. And every time you have sex with someone like you're co-creating that sexual relationship so if you're in love with someone and you love your partner wait what we think we want is not actually what we yeah want? like okay so let's say we think i only want a partner who like okay, let's talk about a man his whole life he's like i've been looking at these victoria's secret catalogs and i want my partner to okay. be all these things she's going to wear this she's going to do that i'm going to get blowjobs for dinner and it's going to be all these things but eventually you're in love with someone and they're great you, you just realize like oh i actually realize that the greatest turn on for me is when my partner, when she's feeling most aroused and most in her body, and she's telling me mm-hmm. that wearing this white shirt and using this toy and all these things is where I've seen her. That makes her most in her sexuality and her power. Like, that is the hottest thing I've ever seen. So that's what I'm talking to. It's like, if you, that needs to be the right person who can, like, who has depth and... You can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, so, again, it's a language. Sex is a language and, in itself.
1: And I know we're, ta- we're destigmatizing the nakedness and we want to get comfortable with our bodies. So I don't want to introduce body issues where people might not have them because a lot of people feel great about that, but we do often get questions from listeners about specific parts of their body that they're unhappy with when they're unclothed, whatever it might be. So I'm curious, is there like how do you know if it's something that you should or could? potentially get surgery for or change. Like, when is that? Like, I tried to get comfortable with, you know, my labia or my breasts or the cellulite on the
0: back of my and I just can't do it. Yeah, Jen, I'm okay with that. No, here's the thing. I'm, I, everyone, I have, we all have body insecurities. So no one's I'm talking about this. Like, I want everyone to have aspiration to think like, oh, I could get there. It's possible. But we still have all of these insecurities all the time. And so I think if you want to get plastic surgery and your breasts, you're like you said, your liposuction, all the things and it's truly going to make you feel better. And you, you know that, like, I'm, I think absolutely like do that. It can make, if it makes you feel better, amazing. What I don't recommend is I don't recommend labia surgery. I really don't. Unless the labia is such a problem where I was talking to a gynecologist once on my show and she said that she had a, a patient whose labia was really, really low, like to the point where like she had to like tuck it in and it interfered with her ability to like, she was a swimmer. She couldn't wear it in the swimsuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it is imp- impacting with your day-to-day life. It's uncomfortable then get labioplasty. But otherwise, if it's just for like, because you don't like the way it looks, like check out the vulva gallery on Instagram. There's a few of these accounts. I think it's called the vulva gallery. You'll see like, there's so many different kinds, like all labias are different Wait, sizes. We have pictures of vulvas on Instagram? Is, is that allowed? They're drawings, they're animation drawings, they're sketches. Oh, drawings. Okay. Okay. But it's like, still helpful. It's still, still helpful. helpful. Like check out a vulva. Cause I actually, I think it's like, people just don't right? We're like, oh, it's weird or someone maybe shamed you once. So it's really just educating ourselves around. So no, I don't recommend labiaplasty, but I mean, come on, like I I get other things that, you know, that you want to do to your body that you think will make you feel better. That's not as harmful because you could also, you know, things could go wrong there too. You don't want to cut off your clitoris. Is there
1: a curve, like say you, you want a breast reduction and you've been thinking about it for a while, whatever, like is there a time you should sit with that before you do it? Like is is any like checklisty kind of things in your mind that you think would be things to do before you take that? That's step? a really
0: good question. I think there are checklists. I mean, I think that it's like I mean, you don't want to impulsively. I don't think you want to impulsively do that either. But I think think with it. Think of why you why you want to get it. Make a list like the pros, the cons. Think about like what you you know, I don't know. I think like what you think it's going to do for you, what you think it's going to make you feel. And if it's something that's like, an, like I'm going to have more confidence, I'm going to feel sexier. I'm going to, you know, I think that we have to be careful about what we assign certain things to. Like if you think it's going to be the magic pill that's going to save your whole life, you know, it's not. But yeah. I think taking your time, talking to other people who had the surgery, really getting educated about it. But I I don't like putting time limits on things, but I think just not being impulsive and, you know, I'm not an expert in this part of it, but I feel like making sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And that is maybe for your, because you're uncomfortable in your body, maybe physically and emotionally.
1: Well, you, you are sort of an expert in partnerships. <laughs> yes. So I'm thinking <laughs> about who should not get plastic surgery. I'm guessing if your partner wants you to get plastic surgery,
0: that might not be a good reason to do That's a terrible it. reason to do it. I think that is, yeah. Listen, if your partner's pressuring you and says like, once you get these, I'm going to pay, I don't know. I, this is probably not that. I don't know. I, I don't feel great about your partner dictating what you should do to your body and how you should, you know. It often comes, I've heard of it with friends and things with like a money thing
1: too. Like they don't make it like you should fix your whatever. It's like, I'll pay for it. Just like a gift.
0: But I think that's so loaded. So loaded. If my partner was like, hey, do you want to a, a breast job? Like I'll pay. I'd be like, oh, you don't like my breast? You know, yeah, no, that is so loaded. It's so, it's so tricky, Jen. Cause people are always like, how do I get my partner to like get back in shape and lose weight? And it's like, do I buy him a gym membership? Like, even that is tricky. I'm like, well, you know, you could... Okay, let's go
1: that way. I know. I feel like we've been sticking to the, like, we're not happy with... how. What if you're in a partnership and the person that you're having sex with, they have something about their body that you just don't find attractive, but you have good sex and you find them attractive. So a really question. Just try and ignore
0: it, suck it up. I think you got to go a little bit deeper. Like, what is it that you don't like? Like, do you really not like it? Is it, is it something that maybe... Does it mean something else? Like, okay, so let's say this is a typical scenario. Your partner, you've been together, you feel like they've let themselves go or they don't go to the gym as much. So now they have a stomach on them where they didn't before. Okay. And so then you're like, oh, I'm just, we're having sex. I just don't find it as hot anymore. Bump it up against me and this whole thing. But then I think we take a moment, because I've had these conversations with people, it's like, well, what is it really? Well, he used to always go to the gym and now he's not. And he also hasn't been looking for a new job. So once you start going deeper, it's very rarely about the physicality of it. It's rarely about the stomach. It's because he hasn't followed through in his word. I resent him. He feels like he's taking advantage of the situation. He's not providing. Like it's all these other things that it actually is the phys- Usually it's a representation of something else. So once you can do that work around those things and you can have that depth around it, then I think you're not going to be focused on this. It's not really about that,
1: right? No, but now I'm like going through all of my <laughs> past partners and I'm like, that one had really weird toenails. Like, I don't know if that was about anything deeper than just he had really weird toenails. <laughs>
0: Maybe not. Do I just like Not everything is depth. Have him put some socks on. Well, that might also show that, like, he is not interested <laughs> in hygiene. Mean. No, you're like, this person. Oh, you're right. This is right, right, telling me. Right, right. Like, values, go get a pedicure, man. Go get a pedicure. Why does he not know that? Like, it could be something else, too. I'm not, and listen, this is not, sometimes people just have a stomach, and you're like, I actually don't have a lot of depth. That's true, too. I just, that might be it, and I think you just kind of. It's tricky unless you have a partner that's, you know, they probably want to change too. So, you know, they probably aren't happy if it's changed since you've been with them. They probably aren't that psyched about it. So if there's ways you can have a healthier lifestyle together, work out together, eat different foods, that's all cool too, you know.
1: You you keep bringing (laughs) up the extra five pounds and that, whatever. I feel like that must come up a lot with like people that you're talking to with sexual issues. All the time. It sounds like that one's like a
0: popular one, huh? Yes. Always the five pounds. Oh, the weight. Everything. Yeah, wait. Yeah, it comes up a lot. I mean, no, to be honest, I'm just trying. It doesn't actually, it doesn't come up as much as you'd think. What comes up, at least on my show, people aren't talking about not being attracted to their partner anymore. I've just been doing this for almost 20 years, so I get everything. The majority of what people want to talk about is how to communicate. So most of my show is about getting people to communicate in a healthy way with their partners about their own needs and their own desires and starting with themselves, starting with knowing their own bodies, getting comfortable in their bodies, accepting, you know, themselves, and then being able to communicate to the partner what they want. Like making sexuality I should have communicated, let's go get pedicures. Exactly. You could have been like, you know what? I'm gonna get I thought this would be really fun and then we'll get brunch, right?
1: Don't you think people see through that though, where it's like the like, let's do it together. Let's go get pedicures. My feet are cute. Yours suck.
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe they do, but then we gotta get past that. I mean, I know you're asking and it's true, they might, but it's kind of like I have this friend and she was on my show, my friend Lisa Billio. She's got a, a platform, she's like women of impact and stuff, and she would say that she's again this is kind of related to what you're saying. She gets so frustrated because she used to have to, she loves flowers. And on her birthday, every year she wanted flowers, but her husband would always forget. So finally, she just like put it on his calendar and like told his assistant, "Like I need flowers." And then she got the flowers. And she's like, "You could be thinking like I can't believe I had to ask for it, but the truth is, she got what he needed. It got he she got the flowers, and it like happened." So I feel like. Maybe there's that one was moment... Was she less satisfied or no, she was she still satisfied the with the flowers? She loves the flowers. She's so happy with the flowers. That's so funny. But the same thing goes with yeah, sex. If we could let get go... Get what you want. Get what you want. And we're, we're so worried about... The reason why we don't talk about sex is because we're so afraid of that reaction, right? Whether it's get your toenails clipped or you should go down on me more, it's so terrifying that we just stay in silence with it or we walk away from it because we don't know how to deal with the problem. But if you think about the bigger picture is I want us both to have pleasure and to feel good. So even if your partner's a little uncomfortable, it feels disingenuous, you're doing it from a place of love and connection. And if we could all get past that, we're like, this person actually loves, you know, just get past the stuff that we think is going to blow up our lives and just realize what is the, what is the goal here? We both want the same things. We both want to be great lovers to each other, have great sex, have great intimacy, you know? So you just got to get out of your own way sometimes.
1: If we're going to have these kind of conversations, whether it's about us being comfortable with our nakedness or something with their body, like is the time to, I'm assuming
0: the time to do it is not right when you want to have sex. No. Or is it? No. The best time to have conversations about sex is outside the bedroom. I have like three T's of Not naked. Not naked. (laughs) Bad naked. The irony, (laughs) the only thing, yes, I'm all for being naked all the fucking time, but don't be naked when you want to have serious talks about your sex life. Outside the bedroom. Do it when you're on a walk, when you're in a car. Yeah, yeah. When you're driving,
1: I say that that's so funny. My husband and I say some of the best conversations like when we're not facing each other, so sitting in the car, that's it. the same direction, and I guess a walk would be the same, because same. you feel so vulnerable
0: when you open up about these things. Yeah, that's why. My, so don't be naked. Don't be staring deep don't in be their naked. eyes. <laughs> be on a road trip so you don't. You can't actually look at each other. perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
0: don't have it to. It does help because I, I know it's hard. So I have a three T's of communication guide at sexwithemily.com. It's like how to have any difficult conversation. So you can download that guide. It'll help you. Well,
1: we'll send people there, but now I just have to know because if it's just three T's, what are the T's? Timing,
0: tone, and turf. I can tell you. Timing. Okay. Time. We got three. That's what we timing. said. Timing.
1: tone, Timing, not right when you have sex. Tone. Light and curious. Kindness, Not sure. judgmental. Not like we need to talk about our sex life.
0: What yeah. are you doing all these things wrong? But your tone is light and curious and the turf is outside the bedroom.
1: And neutral, maybe, if you don't live together, like, let's do it in, like in a neutral zone. Exactly. Right yes. in the middle of the restaurant.
0: <laughs> no, not with We've food. all seen that couple. No one's ever happy <laughs> when the conversation happens, with there's food on the table and the waitress coming. That's I've messed that up. Okay, also not the good time. Not a good time. It's good to not know. Not a good time.
1: We did, we did talk about bodies and like the body shape and the body parts. We didn't talk about skin as much. And I feel like... We're all hairy creatures, you know? We're mammals. We've been through life. We have scars. We have stretch marks. All the things. What's your thought on dealing with those things? Can products
0: help improve them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's the thing. We care so much, as you know, products on our face, like hyaluronic acid. You can mm-hmm. put it, also put it on your vulva. There's a lot of companies now that are making creams and lotions and serums just for your vulva. And I think, yes, over time, it gets drier. It changes. There's wrinkles, all the things. So- Definitely care for the skin all over your body. Find some pH balance, guys, made
1: for the vulva. Well, you were talking about that mirror meditation. It's true. Like you wouldn't even know if you're like, wait, my vulva's dry. I wouldn't even know no. unless I did but that. The pH balance is
0: inside. Externally, you just need the creams and the lotions that aren't going inside. But your pH balance, yeah, you okay. also need
1: But then if you go have some penetration, right. it might be get careful. In there, Always like, make body safe
0: about. products. But yeah, like you have to care about the skin on your face and the skin between your legs. It's true. Your, 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 it's a, I, you never thought I about it. I actually just,
1: well, there was, this, there's this product called, I think it's called Uber Lube that I always liked, which also makes a great hair serum, by I the way. I love mm-hmm. you know Uber Lube. You know Uberlube. Lube? I yeah. And someone was telling me, depending on how things are marketed, like it can't be called a lubricant if
0: it will get inside of you. Do you know anything about I this? I do. Like, yeah. There's an FDA. Why is that? Like, there's a lot of challenges with the word, with using the word lubricant because it's actually like a medical device and so you have to get oh because it's okay so you have to get Fda approval so that can be challenging to call some things a lubricant that are actually that are a lubricant so you can't yeah that they're making it so there's certain things that so can, an external moisturizer
1: that you might think in your head oh I'm looking for lubricant because like that's what we think of when we think of lotion for down there I do at least mm-hmm. I don't know you're not looking for that because that's something to help facilitate like penetrative sex, right. I guess. Yes,
0: exactly. Well, lubricate is more for penetrative sex. So I would recommend, oh, there's one, there's a new, there's one called Playground that's made for women by women. And it's amazing because it has like ashwagandha and it has all these things in it that are actually good for your, good for your skin. It has, it has these like wonderful flavors and scents. And it's also, yeah, it's moist. I've never, I've never, the reason why I love this brand, it's probably one of the first, do I have one of their bottles here. I don't, it's one of the first brands that actually has all these ingredients that are really carefully sourced that you could use it externally, internally for women. And Uber Lube is only one ingredient because it's silicone. It's called, but it literally just launched. So I'm like, Playground. I, I'm
1: looking it up. Their website playground, is um, Because, yeah, these hello, things, playground. like you don't even com. know what to cert. Yeah, exactly. I guess they wouldn't be calling it a lubricant, mm-hmm. even if it ended up right l- lubing you up because of what you just were talking about. And that's true, like... If that's going to help you feel good, why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. What nice packaging it has, like, they I have over at Hello Playground. Yeah, they have
0: thoughtful like, ingredients, you know, it's healthy, it's like makes your skin like it has vitamin E, hydrating hyaluronic acid, bamboo extract, mimics natural lubrication for a silky slip that just won't quit. So I just, I have them everywhere. I love, I love them. I'm like, it has a pop top. Well, here's the other oh, thing. They're calling Lubric- it a
1: personal lubricant, personal I guess, lubricant. as opposed to a sexual lubricant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, you know, right. and it's... Here's the thing. Go ahead. What's the thing? No, it's the thing. Okay, here's my other thing, my big thing, is that I am such a huge fan of lube. I always have been, and I feel like that women, <laughs> because this is like, and you'll like this, back in science at the Kinsey Institute did a study, and they showed when you add a few drops of lube to any sexual situation, when a woman does, she's 80% more likely to orgasm from just a few drops of lube. because what? Because our clitoris is not self-lubricating, and so I... Like, for me, like, you know, maybe you would say you wouldn't go out without sunscreen. I'm just making assumptions with, with your skin, with your show. You know me well. Okay. But yes. I won't either. And I won't have sex without lube. Like, I literally will not. Because I know, no matter... Because the reason why we don't, though, and the reason why I love Playgrounds, because they're just making a brand for women, by women, is because lube has such a bad rap. Like, because we think... I'm not drying. I'm too dry. So if I need lube, something's wrong with me. And then the guys think there's something wrong with me because I need a lube. But the truth is the science yes. shows that that, we, that our wetness level is not an indicator of our arousal. So you can be wet and not turned on. Why turned did on, we learn that on and like, the wet. high school exactly. playground Jen, or wherever? It's not true. You're not always wet.
1: It's like 101, like after sex ed, some kid told you that and then you believe it for the rest of your right. life. So I'm here to tell you that. So introduce the lubricants early in the sexual relationship. Oh yeah. Like as if it's not even a thing. Like, no, you always do this. It's on my
0: nightstand. It is, it is literally, I bring it everywhere. I have little bottles. I love the Uber Lube. I have the Dow. I have little playground bottles. I just have in my, like in my purse all the time. Like I'm just, I will not do it. It's not safe because also when you're dry, like you just, you just need a few drops because you just, you know, and you might be wet at the beginning, but not wet 10 minutes later. It just changes. And with our cycle, it changes every week. And so, and then yeah. if you don't use it yet, there's more terrorists. There's a bunch of reasons, but yes, lube, I'll send you some. Of them. I'll send you some. We'll get your address. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. So we talked about lubricant, but like as well, as far as you mentioned self-tanner early, let's get oh my into God. this. Like what,
0: like. I love self-tanner. <laughs> Are you obsessed? Yeah, but I need a good one. I just have someone come over and do it. But when they can't come over, like, what do you love? I bought I bought the drops.
1: I, You know what fix, makes me not feel – so smell is a really important thing to me, both with like a partner that I like their smell, but I have never been able to get over the scent when the DHA reacts yes. and your skin changes, the sugars get – even the best ones, and I know there's good ones, like I can't unsmell that smell, so I've just given up sort of on okay. the part, on the <laughs> –
0: it's a self-tanner. Self-tanner. Yeah, I know. And I'm not yeah. going to do it on my own unless someone comes and sprays it I just everywhere. get real
1: moisturized because I feel like half the time I'm not happy with my skin tone. It's just because it's ashy. That's... And it, it just needed like...
0: Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. So moisturizing could be part of your new routine when you're like, whenever you're moisturizing, maybe you're looking in the mirror yes. for five minutes.
1: Yes, or I'll get some of that Osea, Osea. well, that you like. I like it. Have you, so you speak to all these people on your podcast that come on and have sexuality as part of like their life all the time. And I'm sure, you know, adult film stars, dancers, performers, have you learned anything from your guests, whether they're professionals or just regular people about how to feel better naked? Mm. Honestly, it just- I'll uh, teach you. I'll give you one I have while, we, while you yeah, think. Yeah, tell me. Pink light bulbs, because I interviewed an exotic dancer- And she was like, you want to know why we all look good up there? It's the pink light bulb. (laughs) It's not because we have like (laughs) some amazing makeup. I was like, okay, tell me what body makeup. She's like, we can't wear body makeup. It'd be getting over everything. And like you get on someone's lap? No way. And she was like, just get a pink light bulb. Game changer. That is a game changer. changer. Oh my God. I
0: love that. Like I love like candlelight. I always, I don't do overhead lights ever. I always have candles going. Like I always light them all over the house. So much better. I just love feeling calm. I don't know. Let's think what else I do. I feel like some of the things I had this guy, Sean T on my show, if you also A-cast, podcaster, a few yeah. weeks ago and he was talking. He's like about he started the whole um program, the workout program. He works like Beach Body and he does the Insanity program, the workouts. And he was just like telling me this confidence thing. How oh, he's just it. like He's like, I just walk outside. Like, I think about who's the person that I want to be. And then how would they be walking today? What would they be seeing? What would they be wearing? And like every time, and if he doesn't do this correctly, he turns on, goes back in. But then he'll like leave the house. He walks straight and he's like, "Uh," and he just like looks up and he's just wearing his thing. And it's not that he's naked, just the way he moves through life. He's got this confidence and he's just always resetting about how he goes in the world. Think about how, how, I don't know, how he wants to be and how he wants to show up in the world. And he just talks about how all that is informed him, like, whether he's naked, whether he has clothes, he's always the same, and he just has that confidence. And I think it's when I was leaving the house, like, sometimes I leave it and, I'm like, I hope I don't run into anyone or I don't want to see anybody, but I've been thinking about that, and I always try to think about, like, why? Like, what are you hiding from? Like, just show up and be your most, you know, standing up tall, looking, at, putting on things that make you feel good. I think the pandemic was hard because a lot of it's just, like, we're in sweats all day and we're not really paying attention to what we, you know, don't, don't really care anymore. We're wearing masks, but now it's just... You know, it's confidence, truly. It truly is. And it's about visualizing who you want to be and how you want to be and being that person today.
1: And why bother if you're going to meet someone or not? Do it for yourself. Like, if I'm not happy because I didn't do my hair, so I don't want to run into anyone, do my hair for my own self if that's going to make me feel exactly. good, right? yes. Uh, who else? I'm getting more selfish from my chat with you, Emma. You're getting
0: what? Okay, before... <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> I'm getting more selfish from chatting with good, you chat. in a good way.
0: I, I love it. It's about you. if you're Yeah.
1: If you're, so before we do our, our like, I'll let you go in a second. But before we do our fat mascara five, I was thinking beauty products because you said Osea, you said self tanner. Mm-hmm. What else is like your like in part
0: of your routine that you're okay, loving? Okay, I'm loving. Okay, so this is where I just got the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads. Have you used those? Those oh, peel pads? I are classic. Went, they're classic, but I never use them. So I'm doing a reset of my skin right now. I'm very excited about that. Oh, you're resetting. I'm resetting. Okay, okay is straight, it going well? Yeah, it is. I feel like it's really good.
1: They can be good for folliculitis on the butt too. Really? Like if you have a bumpy butt. Yes. Yeah, I've had that. Thank you very much. That.
0: I love to know that. I like to see it. I like the Gior- Giorgio. It's so boring. Giorgio Monte Foundation. Not boring, but stuff I've been using.
1: <gasps> no. Liquid, silk, Forever. Font, whatever. The,
0: that one. That's a great But you one. know what else? I mean, you want products, but what I do, which I think is a game changer, is, is, is my steam shower and the higher dose, the sauna blanket, like doing a sauna, infrared sauna and steam, like all the heat and the sweat to, for my skin has been like. A game changer. Wait, what's a steam shower? You have a shower have a that shower doesn't support water, but just it just steams. Well, it's a shower, but then it also turns into steam. Like you know when you go to the gym and there's like a steam room? Yes, like a steam room. I have a steam shower room. A steam shower. Do I install that like just in a regular yes. shower faucet? Yeah, I, I don't know if you why probably, do I not know about that? You probably could.
1: So you steam yourself up until you're like pores are
0: all open, yes. everything's like glowing. And then I do my hair and then, mask and my face skit mask, and I do it all in the steam shower. So then I come out and I'm like glowing and my skin is hydrated. It feels so good. And then I put the Osea on and and then there's like a... And then you do a higher
1: dose. You do an LED. Yep. Do you have the mat? I have the, or mat. the mat. I have everything, all of it. And I love oh. it.
0: I love the whole thing. I love the ritual of it. Do you love it for like
1: you feel mood-wise better or do you think it makes a visual Both. aesthetic change?
0: I think okay. that I when I when the more I do the sauna and the blanket, either I go to an infrared sauna place or I use the blanket... The more, yeah. yeah, I feel glowing. It helps your mood. Absolutely, it's good for calming your nervous system, anxiety, clarity, all the things. I have amazing breakthroughs, and I feel like my skin is even. Like everything's just like sweated out. I just feel that's when your breakthroughs
1: come when you're in your yep. LED mode. Yeah, when I'm sweating. Like for a lot of people, it's the shower, at least for me, or yeah, when they're walking. Exactly. But yours is when I'm lying there sweating. When you're infrareding. Yeah,
0: infrareding. And yeah. <laughs>
1: Any other products you want to share with us? Mm. You got a favorite fragrance since I talked about smell being important. Mm. What goes with this white off-the-shoulder top? I see you. You'll have your self-tanner. You're feeling glowy. You got your old off-the-shoulder top. What do you smell
0: like? I smell like coconut. It's probably like coconut oil. I don't have anything. Okay. I, honestly, I don't have – I have like sprays and stuff that I use. I don't have anything like that's a signature no, scent. It's not your thing. It's not your thing.
1: You did say candles though. I love Can candles. Can I ask about candles? Yes. Um, Is there
0: like a particular candle? This is hard. I like dip tea candles. Amazing. You know, yes. I love massage candles, one. are my favorite. So, oh, where like you can use the wax for things. Mm-hmm. They're so. I got one of those as a gift and I burned through it before I could even try and like pour it oh, on that's anyone. That's the best. Kiki Montparnasse has a great, they make laundry, but they also make a massage candle and it turns into like. Just delicious like massage oil that smells so good do
1: people do all these companies send you just like you Everything. Have, like just lubes come into the house every day I have, like, twenty and, like, pounds of sex yeah, and, t-
0: sex toys and lube and how about you you must get beauty products all day, right
1: I get beauty products, but you brought up like plushies or are they i i was at a I was at a wedding once, and like in the ballroom over was a plushie convention am I saying it right <laughs> furry? A furry not plushy a furry' like you know people that like to dress up in um plush outfits to, to have sex. And I was just thinking like, oh, does she get sent like big bear costumes and stuff or people like keep it classy? With they you? keep it classy with me.
0: I get lubes. I mean, they get what okay, I want. Not they, that they, that's they, not classy. Not, no, hey, no judgment. People, you, do you, Yeah. I mean, exactly. honestly, like I think if the good news is if I decided that I wanted a furry costume, I would know who to call. But I, I, cause we're, we're, I've been doing this for so long, but I mostly get like lubes and toys and candles and, you know,
1: you're a good guest, to ha- a house guest to have over, I imagine. You always come I with always gifts do. when you go to your friends' I a houses. Lot.
0: I do. I always bring lube, I swear to God, but beautiful lube. And I bring toys. Like if you used a baby, I would bring you a, a sex toy that looks like a rubber ducky because you could actually leave it in the shower and use it for yourself. So like That's I always genius. try to bring pleasure as a gift wherever I go. With you. So if people you invite me to dinner, like you're going to get like a beautiful bottle of like a lubricant or a massage candle or something that, you know, will get you to... How to think about your Sometimes pleasure invite differently. I'm you to
1: dinner. That sounds I fun. mean, if
0: you want wine, I'll bring you wine as well, but also a bottle of something. Sometimes that's also a sexual <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> exactly. Okay.
1: Before I let you go, we do this little speed round, and I, I did a custom one just for you because we were talking about being naked. So here it goes. What's your favorite naked scene in a movie?
0: Itu um, mama tambien. Do you remember that from like the early 2000s? It's so sexy.
1: I remember the movie was gorgeous and I don't remember the naked scene. I'm absolutely Googling it. Yeah, it's a great
0: threesome scene. It's hot.
1: Oh, it's a threesome. Okay. Even better. Three (laughs) for the price of one. What's the best food to eat while naked? Mango. Mango is the best. Fresh mango. Delicious. Mm -hmm. Take the seed out, I guess, before you start getting or Slice
0: it up before.
1: That would make it better. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm so practical. You, can, you can, I guess you could tell I like a stat. I like science, practicality. I'm not I'm not practical sometimes. I am not practical. We see we'd be good friends. We can help each other. No. Cut off the mango ahead of time.
1: Okay, we talked briefly about bad naked. So I in my world there's good naked activities and bad naked <sighs> activities. What would you consider the worst bad naked activity? I would activity? Say, I'd say
0: like Cooking with like hot oil or something that like splashes everywhere, like fry, frying. Yeah, frying. frying, frying let's not deep good. fry. Yeah, let's not let's That's not do much around the kitchen. What about yeah?
1: What about good naked? What's the best good naked activity?
0: Showering or swimming naked. Showering, steaming together? after steaming. we learned about the steam steaming, shower. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Steaming, swimming, showering.
1: Oh well, then you might not have an l- answer for this last one. But I was going to ask you, what's your favorite fragrance to wear that. when naked? I would
0: say. Oh, you know what i would use for years? I know you do, because I wear Joe Malone Nectarina Honey Blossom, and I've been wearing that for oh, 10 yeah. years. So that is my scent. But I really I want to try new scents. I'm well, over if you it. said you
1: like I assume you like mangoes if we're gonna eat them when we're naked. And you've mentioned a couple juicy things over the course of our chat and a couple coconutty things. So I feel like I know what world Tell me. you could play in with fragrance. Yeah. Tell me, do it. We... So I'm gonna, I'm gonna think on that
0: okay, for you. Okay. <laughs> but at me. the very
1: least, like coconut oil always smells good
0: and mango juice always smells good, right? Yeah, they do. Exactly. That always works. I don't know. I'm always switching out different products and brands. Like I'm not loyal to anything right now. But I do get like oily pro- um, coconut oil, can't even think what it is. Anyway, yes. Give me a recommendation. I'll take it. and I'll send you some lube and it'll be great here, Jen.
1: And I'll go get a Kiki nas candle. This was really fun i feel like i hope everybody's gonna go spend a little naked time this week
0: (laughs) i hope so too i hope so too to know all the parts jen i'm so glad you had this conversation i think it's an important one so thank you for inviting me on your show thank you for coming on fat mascara i love it i love being on thank you
1: we hope you enjoyed the show it's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better